and welcome to Better Than Mario Bros, where each episode we delve deep into cinema sewer. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partners in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And Miss Helen McIntyre. All right. And this episode, it's a Helen pick. We are looking at Cannibal the Musical, um, oh, yeah. which which we've talked about doing for a little while, actually, mm. haven't we? We yeah. just haven't circled around. Yeah. I, know you, I know you've mentioned it a few times, Helen, and we've just never circled around and picked it up. So... Here we go, Cannibal the Musical. The, the time seemed right, I guess. Um, yeah. So I've got quite a few notes on this one, um, but I don't have a lot to say about the story, so I don't know what this is going to go like structure-wise. I think I've got more to say about the film in general, a little bit like with Highlander last episode, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, I'm pretty I've sure got... we probably all watched the same version this time, because there's only one, right? There can be only one. Um, <laughs> sorry, you, you, I mean you set it up for me. <laughs> I'd have been disappointed if you hadn't, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think there's only one version. In fairness, you can also get the director's commentary. Yes, version. Yeah. did I you didn't. wish that to do that? But it's the same story yeah. that's playing. No, I didn't do that. Um, no, I didn't do that. I, I wanted to. I started it, and they had the same introduction as we should have had for the introduction for the commentary in Double Top, which is we got drunk with a bunch of mates and watched it and talked over it, which is kind of what yeah. they did. So I, I'm keen to do that at some point, but I just haven't got around to it. It's been a, it's been a week. Yeah, I mean that that is literally how our director's commentary went, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I I'll probably will go back and pick up the director's commentary as well, actually, because I. So this is the second time I've seen this film. I've only seen it once before. I don't have like a. A massive relationship with anything with it or anything but i remember enjoying it the first time out not loving it or anything like that, but enjoying it um and then watching it this time i think i was more interested by the film itself and the process behind the film mm. than i was with the actual film if i'm being perfectly honest um, yeah and so i think yeah. the director's commentary is probably one to circle back and, and pick up but i'm not you know don't bury the lead or anything it's not like i didn't like this mm. i just the film itself didn't grab me, um, if I'm being blunt. Um, but it's not it's not that I didn't like it. It's not that there was necessarily anything bad about it. Um, just didn't do it for me. But I feel like more so than a lot of the, the stuff that we watched this podcast, I, I was able to cut this a hell of a lot of slack knowing that it is essentially a student film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which you know, and and when you when you judge it by that yardstick, it's it's phenomenal. Um, and and when you you know when you see how much effort has gone into a student film, hmm. I can appreciate that. And, yeah. and, and so I cut this a lot of slack. Um, so yeah, most of my notes are more about that kind of process in our story. But I will attempt to talk us through the story as I always do. Um, but yeah, that's that's my kind of. Um, background with the film anyway i'm assuming helen you've watched it more than once you were very keen to yeah i've oh it's one of those it's one of those films that i kind of always end up circling back to um especially if it's been snowing because there's one song in there yeah that i did go through a phase of sending to everybody a little clip of whenever it started to snow and whether you got the original or the reprise depended on my mood yeah I, I can see I can see how that works. One of the better yeah. songs as yeah. well, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, just by way of background, I've, I've done no fucking research, by the way. Like I said, I'm interested in what went on behind it. So I will go and watch the director's comedy. So I know very little about this film. Um, I'm sure Helen can fill us in as we go through. But 
For those of you who don't know, this is essentially the debut feature for Trey Parker um, of South Park fame. Um, and, you know, latterly things like Book of Mormon as well. So this was the, the debut feature, essentially, the film school project, if you like. Um, so if you've not seen it before and you're going to watch it based off the back of what we say, you know, do take it with a grain of salt, as I say. You, oh, have, yeah, to, you have to look at this through yeah. the lens of a bunch of people who are clearly learning their craft, and that is evident all the way throughout this film. Um, it, you know, and not this is still a lot better than some of the B grade shit that we've sat through by yeah. idiots who have no interest and don't know what they're doing. All right, it's still a lot better than that, but they're very clearly learning their craft. Um, so I mean, like, yeah, let, let's just dive in then, right? So, it, to start off with, we get a preamble, and I'm a big fan of a preamble, as regular listeners will know. So, I'm already happy. We get a title card, we get a preamble telling us exactly what this film is going to be. All the violent scenes have been removed, blah, blah, blah. Great. Like, I, I'm fully in at this point immediately. Big fan of a preamble, always. Um, and then, you know, our, our opening is strong as well. Um, you know, we open with a, a nice kind of evil cam track mm. shot. Um, and, and, you know, the film's called Cannibal the Musical, so they, they make a point of showing us, like, a cannibal straight away. And, it's you know, you've got the gag as well of us being told that all the violent scenes have been removed and then the opening straight away is horrendously violent. Um, yeah. and, and it's really bad B-movie violence as well. Like, yeah. really obviously fake violence. And, you know, fine. Totally up for all of this. Grabs my attention straight away. I'm not entirely convinced that it was always meant to be like this. This feels to me like somebody watched an original cut through and went, oh, fuck, this doesn't open properly. Um, because it, it just feels it didn't. St the thing is, is it didn't actually start as a film. It started as um, the trailer for Cannibal the Musical was the entire oh, project that they mm. did, and then it got um, attention. And basically, I think it was Troma Films was sort of we'd be interested in this if you made it a feature. Um, because they made the trailer, if I remember correctly, as just sort of something uh, as part of their actual film school project. Mm. And then they got approached. And so they all just sort of thought, well, fuck it. Well, wait till we graduate. And so they spent 28 days then literally pulling the entire thing together, making the entire thing and then running this off. So the concept and the original project is the trailer because there's a couple of bits in the trailer that don't appear in the film and that's why. Mm. Um, and then it's a case of the film itself was made very, very quickly um, mm. with a few sort of life events that were kind of motivating that choice, which we will touch on later as they come up. <coughs> um, and they all lost so much time because this was during term time of their film school that they all they all failed but they came out of it with a fucking career so yeah yeah they all came out of it with a career and like tony awards for the musical so like yeah. i mean i don't i don't think anyone kind of regrets the choices that they made no look at the end of the day they're very clearly learning their craft here as i say this that's what this feels like to me it feels like a bunch of people who know what they're doing just kind of really putting their skills into action and refining their, their craft. Um, and, and that's yeah, it. It's a learning. It's, you, it, there's a very definite learning curve that they're going on. Like, in, 
I think definitely from the pre-production as well, but like the entire project mm. of this, it's um, this, the reason why I love this film so much is because it's one of these things that just, when you finish watching it, I always sort of think, yeah, like, why don't we get together and make something again? Because we really need to. <laughs> um, yeah, agreed. Like, it's one of those films that, yeah, you can watch and think, yeah, I can do this. Um, yeah, definitely. And like I said, that's why I'm willing to cut it some slack. But it's interesting you say that, that it sort of started life as a trailer and then the film grew out of it very quickly because that that explains a lot of the issues that I have with the film yeah. itself because um, most of those are to do with pacing and narrative um, because yeah. the pacing is horrendous in this film. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely god-awful to the point where it was a real struggle getting through it in some places. Um, again, I cut it some slack, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say my piece here on it. You know, it is not perfect. No, I mean, there's um, some, there's no, some very definite no. hanging points in it. So I think probably so between thirty and thirty-five minutes, you get. Um, I can't remember what's happening, but there's a very definite lag, and then probably again after about forty-five minutes. Yeah. I've got some notes here. I don't know exactly what I wrote, Mark, but I remember time checking at around about the thirty-five to forty-minute mark. Yeah, um, and there's one so... not long after as well where it starts to pick up again, and then the pace just goes to shit again. It drops right off, and then you're into that last sort of half hour, th uh, thirty-five minutes, and all of a sudden it really picks up again. It really ramps up, but just that bit in the middle, you're just like, "Oh my god, just get on with it." Second act. It's always the second act that gives you problems. Like if you're not, if you're not used to sort of scripts and stuff, mm. like. Think about everything yeah. that we do. You can normally stick the landing because you know where you're going. Yeah. You can normally do your setup all right, but it's that bit in between where it's hardest to you like are, maintain momentum you, and everything. You are 100% right, Helen, and I've written uh, well, pretty much exactly that um, in my summation. The second act is the problem here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I personally don't care for the narrative framing of this. I am not a fan of the ah but this is how it happened <coughs> i hate that i absolutely hate that <laughs> like look, if, if you're going to tell a story in flashback tell a story in flashback but don't constantly pinball back and forth not for a feature like it's fine if you're doing a short and it's 10 15 minutes something like that in fact it's, it's quite a nifty way to get a story across in 10 15 minutes but when you've got 90 odd minutes to play with like front load this information because if I'm going to be with these characters for 90 minutes I need to care about them and when I don't really understand what's going on and I don't understand motivations because you haven't told me yet because we're starting in the future that really bugs me that's a real and, and regular listeners yeah. will know I constantly complain about this yeah um you know and I do and say that with tongue firmly in cheek as somebody who when I'm writing shorts utilizes this I almost weaponize this in my writing I'm flashing back and jumping time periods all over the place but like I say the format is different you know with, with a short you're not doing character work with a with something like this especially where you know it does dip into like real hearts of darkness territory at some at some points and we need to care about these characters. We yeah. need to understand them. So we should have just like fucked off all that stuff at the start and just been thrown in when they set off on the expedition and get to know these characters and spend the time with them. And then at the end of Act 2, we can get to the point where you know he's in jail and trying to explain things himself. And if you want to do a jump forward, so then you can do a flashback. If you're doing it once in Act 3, I think that works fine. But in general, the constant back and forth doesn't work for me. And particularly because it doesn't ever seem motivated. 
it just feels like they go, oh, shit, how do we yeah. write that with this scene? I know, let's cut back to the present. Yeah. And then they'll do a little bit in the present and they'll waffle a bit and then they'll pick the story back up. Yeah. And, you know, and, and again, like, it's 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 a bunch of first-timers, essentially, and you saying they did it in 28 days off the back of a trailer, that makes sense now, Helen, because it's just like, all right, quickly, go. Yeah. And you can't blame yeah. them for that. You know, and the fact that it hangs together at all hmm. when you're writing in that situation is, is credit to them. You know, it could be a hell of a lot worse. This is by no means terrible. Hmm. It's just that it does... I have a personal issue with, with structure like that. Not everybody does. I just do. That's a me thing. Yeah. Um, and also the, the, the pacing suffers from it. And and that's a problem when it's a musical, especially, Yeah. you know, I, mean, I just... love musicals, but when they're poorly paced and the songs don't come at regular intervals, see also frozen. Yeah. Like it, it's just broken then, isn't it? Cause it's, it is. it's not one thing or the other. But I think so. that's that's quite a big issue with the pacing is that the not only the the song the, the songs not evenly paced they they seem to, they don't seem to come from anything either it's just oh shit we we don't know what to do now right we'll start we'll put a song in here um, yeah. and it, it doesn't really flow and I think that the problem I had with the the jump the the, so the the time jumping and the flashback is that the way they kind of do it it's almost like they've gone right we've got a two part TV episode a two part TV movie. And about 35, 40 minutes in, they go, right, okay, that's the end of that particular installment. So then when we start the next one, we've got to start back in the prison with and remind everyone that he's talking to the journalist. Yeah, it's, this is this is really interesting. Normally, listeners, we, we'll have at least exchanged a few messages before we start recording, because normally whatever we're watching is so bad that whoever watches it first is like, oh, guys, like, <laughs> seriously. We haven't at all uh, talked about this prior to recording but it's interesting because we're all i can already see that we're all on the same page more or less yeah. with these problems because yeah. i have also talked about that later on mark um that it that it actually feels like the pilot of a tv series if anything and it yeah. needs to be stretched over a few episodes or it needs to be a short film there yeah. is not 90 minutes of material here there is a good solid 60 i would say you know, but there is not 90. And, you know, to be fair, for your average musical, like, that's why your average screen musical or your, your animated musical runs 70 to 80 minutes because yeah. that's about all you're getting out of it because musicals are thin narratively yeah. because everything is sung and songs are quick. You know, that's just the way it is. But you're right, Mark. I hadn't thought about that, but it was something that was bugging me slightly about some of the songs. And the songs are, are good, by the way. Some are excellent. Mm. Um, I think they get progressively better as yes, it goes on because um, they don't start very well to the point where the first few songs, I was a bit like, oh, what are we in for here? But they, they do get massively better. They do build and build and build. Um, but I hadn't thought of this. You're right. A lot of them are unmotivated um, and, and the best ones are motivated because, again, with a musical, the songs have to come from somewhere. It has to be a character breaking out into song because there's stuff they can't express otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it, musical equivalent of show, don't tell, except it's sing, don't tell, Yeah, um, essentially. Well, here it's just, oh, shit, there's two minutes, of, there's two seconds of silence. What are we going to do? And yeah. that kind of fits because the other, the other part of it is that when, like, no, when, you, when you have um, film musicals, when they break into song, you do still have the background track. So you have other noise going on, whereas with this, they've clearly just gone. They've got the the audio recording of it being sung, dumped it on. So there's no there's no natural noise over the back of it. It just sounds like they're they're playing a music video. 
Um, yeah, the Foley is a huge... I, I, I've, I've written that as well. It's interesting you pick up on that because the only place I think that this actually shows its lack of budget is in the Foley working. Yeah. I think the rest of it is actually very, very well. For the amount of money they had, mm. I think it looks yeah. great. I think the performances are great. You know, for the amount of money they had, this would easily pass as a as an independent feature, mm. I think. Which, which, which I mean, it kind of is, but yeah. you know, at at a high level, then were it not for the foley work, which is fucking atrocious. Yes. Um. But again, uh, there's there's some craft. points. Yeah, there's some points around that as well that I'll bring up in turn of like specific scenes, just because. As I said, I've watched this a lot of times and I've watched the director's commentary more than once and I've also looked into a lot of stuff around the rest of the film. So, mm. um, but I also think just while we're talking like in general, there's another two things to sort of bear in mind with the film. One of which I think is something that because they were young and they were students in Colorado doing film, um, it wasn't something that was necessarily a consideration to them, but it's very much something a consideration if you were going to do this sort of project, which is the Alfred Packer story is a true story and it really happened, but it's nowhere near as famous as the Donner Party. Mm. So say you made a Donner Party the musical, mm-hmm. chances are your average person going into that film would know about the Donner Party. They would they would know it's the story. They They set off too late in the season. They got snowed in on the way to california and they all ate each other and like all the specifics not so much but if you sort of said oh if you heard about the donna party yeah. people would know what you were talking about yeah if you sort of said oh if you heard about alfred packer most people wouldn't know unless they were from colorado because it's, yeah. it's the colorado version of it but this is the thing is especially with how the story's structured and the flats up and the, the flashbacks and the way it's like oh but that's not really what happened is if you as an audience member going in know the Alfred Packer story. The flashbacks make a lot more sense because you already have this innate knowledge. But because most of the audience watching this film don't have that knowledge, it's something that's missing and they needed to sort of get into the script. And it's one of the things that does sort of like undermine the pacing and sort of work against it in a lot of ways. And the other thing, obviously, is that they're very, the musical section of it is they just decided to base it on Oklahoma. And that comes through so, massively. Yeah. yeah. But I think at, at the Again. core at the core of a lot of my issues with the film actually <laughs> is the fact that it's it's either a very competent musical or it's a very competent true life drama. And it and yeah. they don't quite mix the two is the problem. Because mm. when they go yeah. when they go for the dramatic scenes, like I'm not joking, they do get really hearts of darkness sometimes and the performances can carry it and it's fine. Uh, But then, you know, then there's a bunch of knockabout slapstick comedy and songs and the the two can work together. I'm sure you can get that balance right, but they don't seem to here. But again, it's it's interesting, you know, knowing where everyone would go and where their careers would take them, you know, and looking back from this now, you know, some, I guess, 30 years later, you know, without any shadow of a doubt, Matt and Trey especially are, are, in my opinion, some of the creme de la creme working in musical theatre and musical mm. musical television yeah. and film at the moment. Like, you know, Book of Mormon is unquestionably one of the best musicals I've ever seen. Mm. I've got no doubt. And, and that's across the board, you know, not just because it's funny. I think it's well written. It's well paced. The songs are great. Okay, the Lopez's help with the songs, I know. But, 
you know, they, they would go on to achieve much greater things. So it's it's just interesting to take this step all the way back, yeah. you know, and, mm. and just see that actually they weren't always that good. Like the seed of it is here. You can definitely yeah. see they yeah. know what they're doing, but it, yeah. it needed cultivating. You know, and even if you just take a leap, a short, I guess, five or six years later to South Park, it's not long That's after this. Full. Yeah. But, you know, even when you... I mean, but on the back of that, between then, you've got Orgasmo and um, Basketball as well, don't forget. You have. Yeah. yeah, you have. But, you know, just from a from a, from a a musical point of view, by the time you get to South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, which yeah. which is a musical, it's yeah. an animated oh, sorry, musical. Yeah, that was, you know, that was six years later, yes. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they've absolutely just hammered all of this shit out. Like, they, yeah. they've yeah. completely perfected their craft by that point. And yeah. like I said, that's why I'm so willing to cut it a lot of slack. So... More of what I say is just in observation rather than, you know, yeah. with some of the some of the stuff we've watched where I've got fucking livid about how piss poor it is. <laughs> you know, it's 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 never that because you can always tell that it's coming from a place of good intent. You know, mm. these these guys are doing the best they can and learning their craft and nobody's just going, oh, that'll do. Fuck it. it it's yeah, there's, just a, there's, there's a depth. There's a there's a definite spark that's there. It's just Absolutely. they haven't quite yet got the experience yeah. and the technical expertise to know how to yeah. best cult- cultivate it's, it and let it grow yeah. into what it needs to be. It's exactly that, you know. And, and one of the key things I think in any project, and it doesn't matter what level you're working at, whether it's a student film, you know, whether it's a micro budget production, or whether you're working all your way up to a, you know, to a tentpole blockbuster. One of the most crucial things that your film can have is enthusiasm, because if the people behind that camera don't want to be there, then the audience know it just translates through. And when they do want to be there, when they are working hard, when everybody is enthusiastic, which is what's happening here, it is infectious and you can overlook a hell of a lot of stuff when you know that everybody genuinely gave a shit about what's going on. Um, and so, okay, I, I think that's enough general talking around it. Let's, yeah. let's kind of dive into it. So we did touch briefly on the fact that there's an opening preamble, then we're straight into that kind of low-budget horror stuff. They go for the red on black and white as well, yeah. which they only deploy here, but it works very well. Again, they, they're showing that they understand how this should work, mm. you know, and they pull it off. Um, and then, yeah, the Oklahoma thing, Helen, is... I picked up on it immediately front and center. We get title cards. Everybody's introduced as the players and it all feels very golden age MGM musical. And it's wonderful because I love a golden age musical. I love musicals full stop, but straight away, I'm just like, right, you get this, you know what you're doing. Um, But then they, they kind of break that immediately because then we're, we're into the courtroom and we're into the drama stuff. It's like, hang on, we're doing a musical. We need an overture. Yeah. Like it, we have to because you're doing a big musical. It needs an overture, uh, but we don't get that because because the structure is just not there for it. You know, um, it's in one thirty three one as well, or at least the version I watched was. So I'm assuming it was shot as such because it would have been low budget. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big part of where your TV movie feel comes from, Mark, because it was yeah. one of the first things I clocked because I I notice aspect ratios because I'm sad. Um, but actually, I think it helps them here, you know, because they, they've got a lot of static setups. Yeah. And it just makes it feel like it's all been pan and scanned. It, it feels like there is a broader scene here that we're just not watching because it's on telly and it's been panned and scanned because the camera movement as well is very static. Yeah. You know, there isn't a lot of swooping camera and things like that. There is a lot of just 
static cut to static cut. There's the occasional track, which again feels very kind of mid-80s VHS pan and scan or kind of high-budget TV movie production. So mm. I think that's where that feel comes from. And that's just necessity. I'm not observing that as a good or a bad thing. That's just necessity. That's what they have. What I will yeah. say is they absolutely, as I say, know how to work with it because it never feels compact. It it always feels like they've put everything in the frame that needs to be in the frame, but they've also allowed the frame to breathe. Yeah. So it feels like there is a, a wider kind of world outside of this. Um, so I, I think, you know, credit there. Um, and then this is literally the bit then where within a couple of minutes I've just written, like, if this is lacking anywhere, it's the Foley. Because everything else is there. The lighting is there. Yeah. The composition is there. Like, it's it's just that the Foley is, it's bad. So, so again, this is, this is something that they acknowledge themselves. And the reason for it is the courtroom that you see is the actual courtroom where the actual trial of Alfred Packer happened. And because they got the use of this as a location, they were just like, oh, yeah, fantastic. It's going to save us so much money. We're not going to have to build anything. And we've got something that's authentic to the time period and we can use it and we can rock up. Let's go. But it is designed as a tourist attraction. So they were very limited with how they could position the cameras and how they could actually shoot because they didn't have the budget like a Hollywood film does where you can go in and you can replace signs and you can you can adapt the set. And the other issue that they said is they were so excited to shoot in this courtroom, but then the second they got in there and they heard what the acoustics were like, with the amount of money that they had for sound, the sound is fucked. And there was yeah. they did everything they could think of, but it just didn't work. And I think I think we can relate to the fact that sometimes yeah. you can shoot on oh, a location yeah. and it can look great, but there's stuff that goes on in the background that fucks with your sound. Oh yeah, like every filmmaker has been there, believe yeah. me. And again, yeah, totally cut them some slack on it. Just an observation yeah. that that you know the the worst, the worst technical aspect here, even worse than the structure and stuff like that. The worst is the sound. Yeah. And when you know when that's the worst thing you can level at a project, it tells you that they are they are operating on a on a pretty good level. You know, yeah. because and they didn't know always difficult. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's and it's and always... they they didn't know to check out the location and they didn't know how to test for things like the sound until they actually rocked up there to start filming and then realized they had a fucking problem. And it's it's yeah. like these sort of like rookie errors that you just you don't necessarily know until you encounter them. No, <clears throat> and it's always like there is not a filmmaker out there, I guarantee you, that has not fucked the sound on their first project because you are yeah. so obsessed with making sure that everything looks right and yeah. getting the best film stock you can get and getting the right performances and making sure the makeup is right and the lighting is right. And then right at the bottom of the pile is your sound. And then you realize you've got nobody on your crew. And this is like partly from experience, but also not just my experience, honestly. Mm talk to any filmmaker listeners then you realize you don't know that many people that can do sound yeah because the, those the, people are off doing music they're not yeah. doing film yeah and the problem with it is that when you when you're setting up and you you come in you come into a location especially when you, you're not in complete control of so when you come into a location rather than set you are looking for the aesthetics you are looking at the, the spacing you're looking at the layout you're looking at your blocking and you're listening to it, and you're going, you know, you're in the space, and you can hear, and it's it's normal, it sounds fine. You you're not concentrating on the sound because everything else is going on. It's only when you actually stick a microphone there, stick a set of cans on, and go, what the fuck is? Where's the air conditioning coming from? 
Where's the yep. where's that buzzing coming from? And you're there going, I don't know where the fuck it's coming from. I can't work at where it is, so I can't turn it off. And yeah. you have to, actually, it's the, it's the fridges in the back, which are nowhere near where you are, but the microphone's picking them up because nothing else is going on, so everything's gone quiet. But you're, you you automatically tune that stuff out in real life because your your brain can only process so many pieces of information at once. So unless there's something out of the ordinary, there's something there's a siren going off, there's a car beeping, or there's a child crying, where else you tune out background noise by by default. So you're not picking it up. So as soon as you get into that situation, and we as we did it multiple times, you're what the fucking hell is that? Yeah, totally. Totally. So, so I sympathise with with the folding. Hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, fun we're fact in... as well. Fun fact yeah. as well. Just before you continue, is the judge that is Randy Parker, Trey's dad. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's go. quite funny actually when, you, you know. when you're watching the credits and the um, the special thanks at the end, the number of names that pop up who who then become regular South Park actors. So, um, his yeah. parents are um Randy and Sharon. Um, yeah. who then became the marshes it's, it's it's incredible the other thing i did like with the courtroom scene actually is that it's shot like a fucking trump rally because about six people in there but it bastard looks full yeah again yeah. making use of the space yeah, they, they, they know what they're doing um so yeah we're in the courtroom um packers found guilty and then we get you know crash them on his face that's not how it happened um, it just needs a record scratch to be honest yeah. um and there's that's not happening then we flash back, we get our first song, we get um, Spadoinkle Day. Incidentally, look, I, I, I know it's their brand of humour and I've I've come to to love it over the years, but the Spadoinkle thing really fucking got on my nerves. It's but not They've done funny. it in every project, haven't they? There's, yeah, there's always something, there's that. By the time you get to basketball, you've got um, Derp. I know. Um, and then you, you know it, and yeah, it just get, you get... But it just... It grated on me here, and I think it's just because that you know this again. This is almost, but not quite, and so the little flaws are just coming to the surface. And I'm like, guys, just stop fucking around with Spadoinkle, and yeah. just concentrate on the script, you know. But see, wise, it is solid. What's that? I like the melody of it. Um, I think it's. I think it's. I think for the type of musical they're going for. Like as the tune, the spadoinkle, I get that because I just even now I'm just like, it's such a random word to choose. But in terms of it is it is random having the song that is gonna play as the antithesis of everything yeah. that follows. I like it as a setup, I just It's it's yeah, similar in, in principle to the opening of um Big Along Grown Cat where you get um quite uh, quite limed in town. And again it's it's very yeah. it's very upbeat and it's so it it feels unnecessary staccato. So you've got words thrown in where they don't fit. And it's it's if if you sort of look at it, look at it as an evolution of that, and then you go to Team America, and you've got some um, similar um, uh, melodies in there as well. I can see it working, and and you can sort of pick you pick it up as a theme throughout the, throughout the work. By the time you get into Book of Mormon as well, you see there's there are very there are techniques they've picked up early on, and they've refined them and they've, they've honed them. So by the time you get to Book of Mormon, you don't even notice it because it's 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 so well crafted. But I think it does stand out because it's a nonsense word, and it's the the, the entire focus of this very short song. And you think, ah, oh, what the fuck's he on about? And then, but but the time they repeat it over and over again, right? What the fuck are you actually talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the repeated use of the word spadoinkle throughout the project that I was I was getting on rather than the song. It just really spadoinkle really fucking grated on me, <laughs> like really really got on my fucking nerves because they beat that gag to death. Yeah, if they'd but, used yeah, it once as, or as twice, you said, that's that's maybe, part of their humour but... though, isn't it? That's yeah. that's what they do. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's a trademark of theirs. But again, I think you know, in a more polished project, that that just kind of rolls over you and you go with the flow. But that and, and 
to be fair, like there are very few gags that misfire in this. Like most yeah. of the gags are are fucking hilarious. Like I did, I, I laughed a lot at this, but Spadoinkle just really grated on me. In terms of the song, I didn't love it. If I'm honest, Helen, like this, this was the first <laughs> point where even knowing that this was kind of a an early project, this was the first point I heard this song and I was like, oh, uh oh. This is going to be rough, um, <laughs> but thankfully the songs do get a lot better. And of course, I, I had faith knowing that you know that ability is there, that songwriting ability is there. Certainly, the you know the vocal ability is there. There's nothing wrong with the vocal ability. It's just the the song didn't do it for me. It, it doesn't quite do what it needs to do narratively either. Like I said, because we we've, we've skipped an overture essentially, so this is yeah. going to act as our overture, and it you know thematically it kind of sounds like one and we do pick up on it again later on it yeah. is woven through it's just that all it actually does is introduce our central character and his mindset at the time whereas an overture should be more bringing us into the world as well and we should be meeting yeah. you know some of the other characters and hearing some of the themes that we're going to hear later on to kind of prep us for them and none of that is quite there um had we just cold opened on this i think i would be more forgiving to it it's just the fact that, yeah, that structurally we flash back into it. Um, but then the, <coughs> the song stops and, and immediately we get into like the drama. And I've just forgotten about it already because it, it's great. Right? And Trey is fucking brilliant in this. Like, mm. like I said, the performances are good anyway, but it's, it's very clear if nothing else was going to come out of this project, it's very clear that this is a guy that is destined to become a star of some sort yeah. because his comic timing is absolutely fucking impeccable. Like, yeah. he's, he's hilarious in this, you know, from the off, like the first scene where he says, "Oh, that's Lucky Larry," and then there's the accident. Is he going to be okay? Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's very very funny. Um, and then we've got twenty odd minutes in by the time we do a, a bit of fuckery at, at, mm. with with our setup and like, oh, you know, we need to go elsewhere to mine and stuff like that. Um, and then there's no more songs like we're 20 minutes in and we've had one song and again and a very I'm, short song at that yeah and i'm starting to panic i'm starting to think like hang on this is going to be frozen here where we get like this wasn't supposed to be a musical but now here's half a dozen songs run with it and they don't fit because they just chopped in at random points mm. again it, it does get better because you know immediately as i say that there is another song um like as i've written it it's almost like somebody's heard me and they've gone right let's have another song um so again though not great like, i i can't even remember what song that is i've just written here's another song uh-oh it's still not good so it's whatever <laughs> the second song is they're on the road by this point presumably um, is it the all i really want one or is that uh, later on no that's later on i think that's later on. i think that's later on so there, I, is, I, there is there, a, there, there... They reprise that later on as well, don't they? But I, I can't remember what was in between. I think, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That in itself is a problem because you can't remember what the fucking song is. Yeah, no, I can't. Um, it might, it might be the I want song, but I don't think it is. They spend a bit, a bit of time on the road first, as it were, getting to know the characters. We get introduced mm. to them all. We learn, you know, we learn about our team, and you know, the guys just bond a bit. And yeah, we're kind of into men on a mission territory. And again, regular listeners will know, like I love this shit. Like I, I love it. Like you, you give me a bunch of guys who don't necessarily get on, but they're just gonna have to band together because they're lost out in the world. Like fine, I'm, I'm all for that. So I'm, you know, this side of the story, this side of the drama, I'm there for, and they're handling it really well. The gags are coming 
relatively thick and fast, but they're handling the drama as well. Yeah. And when, like, when the set pieces come, they're brilliant. Like the next one I've written after that song, which I can't remember, we get the the instance where they're just wandering along talking and they wander into a bear trap, and you yeah. just get. And it's so simple. It's such basic slapstick humor that we've all grown up with and been conditioned on. But we just get watch out for that bear trap. What? And of course, they all fucking walk into the bear trap. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's corny. It's stupid. But it's so well executed and so well timed that it's fucking hilarious. And, you know, when when this hits, it really fucking hits, is what I'm saying. Like I said, yeah. the, the gags are all funny. The performances are all good. But it's just already, like I say, 20-odd minutes in, and it is just rambling all over the place. I don't really know what's going on. I'm not 100% sure what the story is. We've got no antagonist yet. So it's just a bunch of guys wandering around in the wilderness singing at this point. Yeah. And I think um, the problem for me was that, obviously, it's, it, it's, in, in America, it's called um, Pack of the Musical rather than being Cannibal of the Musical because um, we don't have the baggage with it. So it, it, it would mean nothing um, outside of the US. Um, but you call your film Cannibal of the Musical. You start with this guy who's savaged his, his party and he's, you know, he's eaten them all and all the rest of it. And then you go into basically the nicest fucking musical in history, I think. Hang on, where, where's the cannibal bit? What, why? What are we building to? There's no, there's nothing that suggests anything is going to happen apart from the fact we had that monster cam bit right at the beginning and the court case that says he, you know, he murdered them all. Mm. But there's nothing. Go, you think, well, where the fuck is that coming? When is that? When is when we when, when we get the first hint of that? Because yeah. it's not seeded any. You know, apart from being completely whacked over the head at the beginning, there's nothing seeding it any of the way through. There's nothing building up to it. So there's no tension anywhere. No, and I think I think that kind of circles back around to what we initially said at the beginning, Mark, and and what I said as well about that uh, opening feeling tacked on, and then Helen saying that actually you know Packer is a is a bigger story in America. So yeah. maybe I get that, but yeah, if you're gonna call your film anywhere in any territory, if you're gonna call it Cannibal the Musical, and we talk yeah. about Ron Seal titles on this podcast, if you're gonna yes. call it Cannibal the Musical, I want to <clears> see motherfuckers getting eaten left, right, and center, and I want to yeah. see people doing happy dances about it. Like, yeah, you you almost yeah. you almost want a sort of Sweeney Todd Todd vibe where people are getting murdered, Definitely. but at least he feels bad about it. Definitely, I think, and I think tonally that's the biggest issue, isn't it? Is it's it's nowhere near macabre enough. It doesn't. It, it never gets into that kind of jet black humor. It always goes yeah. for the silly, light-hearted yeah. humor, and that's that's yeah. tonally, I think, where it's where the two don't mesh. The story yeah. and, the, and, and the musical, they they just don't mesh, and they could. You know, if if you came down hard on either side of that divide, yeah, um, yeah, because I think again, because when you watch the trailer, the trailer does lean really hard into more what the name would suggest, mm. um, and I think it was a case of when they would were like, we're going to shoot this. They opted for, well, let's go against the expectations and fight against that because that's going to be where we derive the humor, but they didn't quite have enough of the skill set. And the kind of because the thing is, is if you're going to break the rules and you're going to break the expectations, you kind of have to know exactly why they're there and why you're breaking them in the first yeah. place to make it work. Um, and it's a case of you have to be if you're going to deliberately break them, you almost have to sort of be better than if you're doing it accidentally that, oh, yeah. if you're going to just sort of play it straight. And like, it's not that they haven't got the talent because as their posts. Mm -hmm. you know everything yeah. that they made since then has gone on to show is they clearly did i just think that 
this was one of these things that it was it was the concept and it was a case of it was also chosen because that was going to be a cheaper and easier thing to shoot and to make within the budget and the scale of the project and it just it didn't really pay off the way that it should have done and it's yeah. like on reflection maybe if they had a bit more time to work on the script and develop it they probably would have come to these conclusions and these realizations but Again, like this is this is one of the things that I like about it is it's, it's you can see someone's learning progress, and oh, that's why I think it's great. Definitely, you know, there's value in that. There's there's yeah. entertainment value in that. There's artistic value in that. You know, it's it's definitely it's not like I'm like I said, it's not like I'm trying to piss yeah. on this at no. all. Like it, it's just that these flaws are very evident, and yes, and and some of them are really easy to fix. You know, like. Like yeah. that one doesn't doesn't even necessarily need a huge structural rework or a big tonal rework. What it needs is a new fucking title, so we don't yeah. come into this going, "Oh, Cannibal the Musical." That's going to be like a proper tongue in cheek, like gore fest, and it's yeah. not. It's it's like calling yeah. it a rom com, can, Cannibal Holocaust, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't it doesn't <laughs> quite work. Um, but yeah, I've, I've just made made a note here actually after that, saying how much it hits. I, I've literally written that it feels like we've just said this it feels like people honing their craft and there's value in that yeah. so we're yeah. going along for the right um but as i've said all this as well about you know the songs not being good and the humor being good and when it hits it's hits the songs all of a sudden just take a quantum leap it's like yeah. the first first two songs are pants basically but then we get then we get our big romantic ballad and it's about a horse and it's just, <laughs> and it's everything that a romantic, big fucking romantic ballad at the start yeah. of a musical should be. And it's, yeah. it's, you kind of get the 80s soft rock vibe going in there as well. And it's just, it's everything. Yeah. Again, tonally, if they come down hard on either side of the divide, it works. And that's what they yeah. do here. Like tonally here, they just go, no, actually, this is a fucking ridiculous over the top musical. And here it is. And they absolutely nail it. it. It's fucking phenomenal. I mean, it's a good song to start with. You know, it, it's the best thing in the film so far. Um, it was almost the best thing in the film, full stop, I think. But It, it, it was does also get written independently of the film. Well, I mean, there you go then. Because so... of the fiancé. Okay, yeah. so fill us yeah. in on the backstory there, Helen. Um, so... The reason the horse is called Leanne is because Leanne was the name of Trey Parker's fiance, who he walked in one day to find having intimate relations with somebody that was not him. Um, and they broke up. And part of the reason, again, why this project exists and why it all happened as quickly as it did was it was his way to get over the breakup and to have something to focus on um and to put him through but that song was written in the wake of him breaking up with his fiance because she slept with somebody else which is the reason why the lyrics work the way that they do um and i just i just kind of love the fact that it if you don't know this, it absolutely works as a song and yeah. the relationship between him and the horse. But then once you find out that he had a fiance called Leanne and you're just yeah. like, he made her the fucking horse. I just think it's so fucking petty and I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. I did not know that yeah. when I was watching this. Uh, no, I, I only knew that because you told me last week. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I did not know that, and I enjoyed this at face value. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I mean, you you look at it and, yeah, so, you know, most people get cheated on and they drink. So no, he channeled it another way, and fair play yeah. to him. Um, yeah, he but channeled yeah, it and made a film. Yeah, and it, it's 
there's so many little parts, some little components to this, which make it so much better than you feel it should be. Again, as a student film, and obviously we cut a lot of slack, but like some of the some of the wordplay, especially in the songs, and that's become a, a, a trademark of, of Trey Parker anyway. But even um, there's a really stupid one which made me spit coke out of my nose, where um, just after the um, they're talking about the horse around the campfire, and they're talking about oh, there's other horses, oh, a horse is a horse, a horse is a horse, of course, yeah, of course, of and course. It's, a, yeah. it's the stupidest fucking joke in the world. Yeah, and you can see it coming it a mile off. They make it yeah. work, though. Yeah, and know? that's it. And they do it later on as well, where he's doing his. Um, and one of the, they, they introduce they're all sleep, they're all sleeping around the thing. And he introduces fact he's starving. Oh, I've got some fudge down here. You know full well there's a fudge packet joke coming later on. Yeah. yeah. But by the time then you go through and it, there's an entire story, there's a, an anecdote or half a song or something comes through it, and by the time that finishes, the first words are fudge packet. Yeah. And then he sort of shakes his head. And goes, it's just these little nuanced word plays, which are so fucking stupid, but they they're brilliant. They're yeah. brilliant, and also like I say, like. His timing is incredible. Like yes. the guy's comic timing is absolutely incredible, and he delivers most of this stuff with a complete deadpan, straight face. Yeah, and it just it works so so well. Um, but yeah, I I didn't know the backstory about the horse, but knowing that definitely makes me respect the film a lot more. I mean, for me, yeah. the thing that will attract me to a filmmaker more than anything. Um, and, and it's more writer-directors when I say filmmaker, is if you can inject some of your own voice and your personal experience into yeah. a story, nothing will attract me to a project more. It's why I love Kevin Smith so much, and God knows he's made some yep. howlers of late, but they're all intrinsically personal and about yeah. him and his life. And that, again, is just that element of he actually gives a shit. And it's the same here, you know, it's that extra level of investment yeah. from Trey. Like, he gives a shit about this because he's lived this. And that comes through in a project. You know when that shit's happening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that just makes me love it a little bit more, if I'm honest. Um, and, and a lot of the initial issues that I have, this is where I did the time check mark, because a lot of the initial issues I was complaining about just a few paragraphs ago at the 20-minute mark have now been sorted, but... They could have been sorted 20 minutes earlier, and this yes. could be a good half hour shorter or yeah. split over more episodes and a lot longer, in which case yeah. the pacing works that way. Um, so what but is we... the runtime on? It's about 86, 87, isn't it? Yes, yeah, pushing 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, which... it could quite feasibly be 70, 75. Yeah, I, I'd go and with, even, even, I'd go even with then, they'd be fat in it. Yeah, I, I'd go with 60 at most. You can probably get away with it inside of 45 minutes if you really if you really wanted to because you could drop two songs at least yeah um and and there's definitely not enough narrative to carry much more than that but we do but have an... they got the thing is as i said is this is kind of almost sort of being made to order yeah. in a in a little bit of a way and there is a minimum runtime that mm that distributors sort of want from the film which is why a lot of the time when you're watching these b movies there is this feeling of they're sort of packed out with like an unnecessary sort of 15 minutes to take them to that sort of 75 minute yeah. mark because although oh, yeah. you can absolutely have like a film like a 45 minute film sometimes in terms of story and narrative would be the best choice but then selling that and getting that put out, especially pre-Netflix, because I don't think you'd have such a problem now with streaming services, because I think that's the sort of thing that you could very yeah. much get on streaming services. But at this time, it was a case of, 
you're at the cinema and then it's a you know it's onto vhs because like yeah. don't even think dvds were a thing at this this stage they wouldn't have been and you're absolutely no. right you know that is that is unfortunately where the art and the business come into into yeah. direct competition you know nobody's going to the cinema and paying full price to watch a 45 minute movie you know there is yeah. you know you're aiming for 65 to 70 minutes in order to be a feature um otherwise you're bollocks essentially you just go into a graveyard and you're going to be a, a student feature and you know maybe you surface on the internet in five years or whatever yeah um, this but, weirdo yeah, little it, art house finds yeah exactly yeah. so yeah I, I get it i do but yeah it's still a problem it you know, there's yeah. not enough narrative here and as i say if yeah. anything then it could have been a bit longer perhaps so that we could have actually got into these characters a bit more because there's only one problem i'm left with now all right because my original complaints were don't like the songs that's sorted the songs yeah. are all fucking bangers from here on out no problem with any of them at all from here on we now have an antagonist, right? Because yeah. we meet the trappers. So yeah. they got caught in the bear trap. They meet the trappers. We have a direct antagonist. You know, Packer's now got this guy that he's fighting. There's the whole thing about the horse going off with the trappers as well. So we, we have an antagonist. He's not as direct an antagonist as I would like, if I'm honest, because he doesn't ever actually stand in the way of the hero achieving his goal. No. Um, but he does. he does cause a bit of upset along the way. So it's functional um you know and and the pacing seems to have settled as well the songs are coming more frequently now yeah and we haven't flashed forward for a little while so at the moment i'm kind of sitting pretty i'm thinking you know they've, they've sorted all this stuff out it's just that and i've time checked i'm like there is an hour practically to go and fuck all is happening like yeah. literally fuck all is happening they are just wandering around cracking jokes and singing songs which is just a musical review. It's not a fucking story. It's a musical review. Although, it's to be a... fair, they're still briefer than fucking Lord of the Rings, who spent 12 hours just walking around, but without the singing and the fucking cracking jokes. Oh, it's better than Lord of the Rings. I mean, you know, I've had dumps better than Lord of the Rings, to be honest. But it, that's going to upset people and probably trigger people, so aim your hate at me. Um... Oh, fuck it, I'll take that. I started it. <laughs> um, so, the biggest problem, though, like I say, fuck all is happening, and more importantly, I just don't give a shit about any of these characters. I couldn't care less. Yeah. Because all of this time that we have spent wandering around, funny as it's been, has all been gags. Yeah. Whereas actually and, we need to know about them. And this is comes back to what we were talking about earlier, about the fact that if, if you're going to try and mesh owners, you, you you need to be almost pushing the... You need to know where the lines are. So you need to know where, where the lines and the, and the conventions are. And you need to be coming to like within like an ass hairs distance of them and then pulling away and subverting yeah. whereas at the moment it just feels like oh, okay well now we're gonna do this bit so yeah we're just kind of fuck around for a bit now i said no we need to, you that's not progressing anything that's not moving your story on and if you're gonna do that you need to build a character but it doesn't do either and because yeah. of that it feels almost feels forced trying to get through these scenes and that's why i mean the, the pacing yeah. in this the second act is abysmal for that reason it is. Forced is the right word, Mark. And I think it, it suffers then. It really suffers right at the end of our second act where we do get our cannibalistic turn mm. because we just don't care. So when these characters turn and they start eating each other, there's not really any drama in it because we haven't spent enough time mm. getting to know them to know that they wouldn't do this or to care yeah. that, oh, fuck, he's got kids or whatever because yeah. the work hasn't gone in. Um, and I think the problem I had, by the time you got to that section, 
I couldn't actually tell which fucking one it was that got got shot and eaten. Um, they do name him. It's the, it's they the do fucking, Bell, isn't it's it? The, yeah, it's the snowman guy. Um, yeah, because they but, get fucking right. pissed off with him singing about yeah. snowmen. But like, I couldn't. Apart from the fact he sung about snowmen, I couldn't tell you anything about him from yeah, the rest no, of the agreed. fucking film. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. None of them even have, apart from Packer, who you know because he's our lead. Yeah. None of them. And, really like, have th- any... and three of that party look very fucking similar. They're all very fair. Yeah. Um, you know, very similar sort of build, and all wearing very muted, similar colours as well. So I couldn't fucking tell which one it was. Apart from he was the guy singing about the snowman. Yeah. Because this. This is one of the things that I think is really interesting about this film because, weirdly enough, this is this is one of those very sort of niche genres that I have accidentally probably consumed more media that is around this than than I would have necessarily said that I'd chosen to. It's more mm. that it sort of I happened into because the other sort of like comparison that I would make against this is Ravenous because it's similar sort of time period. Again, it's that same similar sort of story. And it's one of those things where if you look at how Ravenous is structured, um, they you have that incredibly sort of short intro where they introduce you to the characters who are all so clearly defined and so clearly distinct. And it's less than 20 minutes before you sort of first meet the cannibalism and you first get those cannibalistic things and it matters because although you've only seen these characters and they've been quite comedic and sort of almost sort of like hyped up so you have got that comedy from them but because the characters are played straight and with sincerity um it means that when they actually start dying you do care and you are invested and it's it's one of those things that it like I've got a lot of love for this project but I freely admit it's got so many flaws but that's kind of why I love it but it's if you sort of want to watch this as sort of like a learning example as a filmmaker, the film that I would say to pair it with is Ravenous because the subject matter is so similar and they are both comedies. Hmm. Um, but to this is this kind of sets a goal and it doesn't quite make it, but I love it for trying. Um, whereas Ravenous sets the goal and absolutely smashes and it. And so if you want to sort of see the choices that they should have made, hmm. watch that film. Yeah, I I would totally agree. Ravenous is a very different project, um, but, th- yeah. but like I said, that's what this this could achieve, or yeah. it could be a very good comedy musical, right? If you yeah. if you want to, and again, I, I know it's Trey again, but if if you want to look at a musical that actually deals with some frankly horrific stuff in a comedic way, again, you just jump forward to Book of Mormon. Yes, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. cannibalism, but we are talking fucking circumcision and war crimes and all sorts of shit there, and they make yeah. it funny. Because it's constantly yeah. funny. Because they don't try and get to the drama. They just tell a well-structured story and it's a knockabout musical. And this With clearly defined characters. Very yeah. clearly defined characters. And this very clearly doesn't defined. know what it wants to be. And that's a, that's a big problem. Um, but yeah, okay, so they've sorted most of the problems. I just, I can't care about these characters because they're not allowing me to. They're not, they're not yeah. written well enough, unfortunately. Um, and I think generally there's not really enough interaction between any of them either. It's all not. it's all response yeah. to Packer. There's no there's no back and forth with anybody. It's all just responding to him and what yeah. what he's doing, or or criticizing the fact that you've gotten lost, or moaning about the fact that it's taken six years instead of three weeks. Or you know, it's there's nothing to build on anywhere, and it's just that like they've gone and it's it's almost the bit, and it's um you see it with um a lot of 
first time writer uh, writer directors or writer actors where they, they they put together a project and especially with short films they put together a project which is all about spotlighting them and their interactions with other people not and generally at the expense of the story and that's in places that's sort of what this feels like it's almost like we're, we're here to interact with trey we're here to, here to interact and tell the story the story of his character and nothing else and yes okay it's 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 about this about this um this, this real life person and it, it's following a story that they're famous for but you, if you're going to do that, you don't need a group of six people to not say anything for an hour. Yeah, yeah. The 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 interplay between like the interpersonal relationships. I mean, rather than the gags, the the interplay between them is just non-existent. Like none of them yeah. actually spark off each other in terms of any real emotional depth. Yeah. Um. But you know, moving forward through the story, then we get to, uh, and I want to move forward because I feel like we're going to talk about this. Um. Or well, certainly I am for a little bit. Um, we move forward in the story, and I appreciate the fourth wall break when we meet the Native Americans. Yeah. Um, I appreciate everybody's reaction of like, "What the fuck? You're not yeah. Indians." I, I appreciate it. That's very, very funny. Yeah, and they are very, very funny. But fucking hell, like, and again, you know the. This is a guy that will go on to make a career out of this, but in later projects, he understands that in order to not cause offence, you have to offend everyone equally. Yes. Whereas here, what he's done, and and you can see the intent. You can see the intent of like, okay, red face is offensive. So what can we do? How can we get as far away from that as possible? I know, yellow face. Yeah. No, it's no better. You've just culturally appropriated a different group of people and offended a different group of people it's just but, one but, that's not as closely connected to you i was going to say pro- probably what they've done is instead of offending one group of people they've offended two yeah that's exactly what they've done but again you you have to view and, and we've said this a lot more so on smpd but you have yeah. to view this through the lens of it being the early 90s it doesn't yeah. excuse the behavior yeah but it does allow us now to look back at it in retrospect and go Fuck me, that was wrong, wasn't it? And and this is you, and... you do, but I, I think, as you said, they've got no trade going to make a career out of doing this and 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 lampooning this very well to a point where you can, you know, you you get to you know you, you get into um, the shitty walk and, and and that in South Park and then you get into um, the this is the parody of blackface and Team America and stuff like that. He's made a career out of doing this and, and actually going, you know what? This is the stupidest fucking thing that anybody ever did. Blackface, what the fuck? Why would you do that? Because clearly it's just stupid and insulting and and, and uh, divisive and all the rest of it. And it's almost like you've got, there's, there's a seed of it, there's a nugget where he's gone, this exactly. is what I want to say, yeah, but exactly I don't know how to say it. And it's just like, you can all, again, knowing where it leads, you can, again, it's, it's like, we, like we said a lot on this show, knowing where it leads, you can almost give it a pass because you can tell what the intent is. But intent and execution are two very different things. This and actually, the, yeah. this is fucking horrendous. Yeah, this is the one thing I can't give a pass. And, and, you're you're absolutely right. You can see what he's trying to say, and I yeah. applaud him for trying to say it. And and later in his career, he will become, I would say, the leading authority on doing this. Absolutely, like on actually making a point through causing offence on purpose, and yet weirdly not offending people because he's offended every. Like he's just shining a spotlight on the absurdity of culture war most of the time. Yes, and he's excellent at it. But here, in isolation is the problem. This is done in isolation hmm. and it doesn't work. But again, you kind of, yes, it's bad, 
but I don't want to defend it, but there is that kind of bit in your head where you're like, well, he's chalking that up to experience. Like, if he doesn't do this, perhaps he doesn't progress to be able to do that later on, because he has to have done this, and then looked back and gone, in in order to see the mistake and move forward with it. Um, Having said all of that, the Indians, whenever they show up, and particularly in Act 3, are fucking hilarious. Yes. Because, again, the performances and the writing is wonderful. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and I think, you know, I, I think, I, I don't want to, I, I won't labor it anymore, but he could get away with it if there was more of this throughout the project, if it wasn't just Indians, if we absolutely went yeah. for everyone, yeah. he could get away if with that, it, but he doesn't. If that was the level of humor and that level of just, I don't give a shit, I'm just going to, absolutely push past all the limits and that had been yeah. applied evenly throughout the film yeah. it also because it does because it does feel very jarring um thing is is as i said i've seen this multiple times and it's one of those things that being so familiar with everything elsewise it it kind of <clears throat> it's not that it ever stops these becoming jarring and it's not like you're ever just like right so you had the issue of you couldn't get anyone that was Native American and you didn't want to paint them, but you had a bunch of Japanese people or people that passed for Japanese. So you thought, right, we'll just stick them in teepees with Japanese flags and have them doing Japanese moves and just saying, oh, yeah, we're Indian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, as sort of a way to get around. It. You can see what the intention was and you yeah, can totally. see where it was and it doesn't work. But... It's one of those it's one of those things as well that I sort of like wonder about when when they were sort of like working it and they hit this element in the script. And especially when you and your filmmaking group are from one particular ethnic group and you yes. haven't necessarily got a lot of diversity in the sort of the reaches that you've got. And so sometimes you have to make decisions and they're not always the best. And like yeah. afterwards you're just like shit. It's I, I mean yeah. I think that's definitely it, Helen. And I, th- yeah. I think, yeah. and I think that is a learning experience from again. That's another yeah. one of those things where I generally think they've looked at that and gone, "Oh, what we should have done is this," yeah. and then, yeah. like I said, they go on to become just the best, the absolute yeah. best at it, bar none. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the other slight problem with it is that not only having that, having the group, the group of filmmakers being almost exclusively uh, white and almost exclusively you know, similar racial and the rest of it, you've got a group of people making a film who are friends and it's very difficult to turn around and say don't be a dick you can't do that we need to do something else because a dissenting voice in a group is just pissing in the wind because the group will overrule you 10 times out of 10 and i think that's 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 the other problem here if somebody had stood up and said actually no we're not doing that because it's not right it's going to offend people whatever it's going to be that person just going to find themselves no in catering um, and by the time you get to um, by the time you get to orgasm, by the time you get to basketball, and certainly by the time you get to doing South Park and, and moving on from there, there are external voices who are saying, "Look, I get what you're trying to do, but if you want to do it, you need to do it in a different way. You cannot just do this because this won't, won't fly on its own." And they needed that, also... that strong producer to say, "Look, if I can tone it down or do something on top of it to make the point you're trying to make." Hmm. I also like. And it's not that I'm disagreeing with you, but I also think there is an added element that comes with age um, Mm. and the friendship groups is that 
the way that you are with your friends when you're in your early 20s is you are very much you don't want to sort of like upset the group whereas as you get older and those friendships deepen part of the reason why those friendships are as strong as they are is because you have the ability to turn around to your friends and then say no yeah yeah you you, you so, did right and actually i think the immaturity of the group comes through here more than anywhere else in the project because this is very much frat boy humor here yeah mm-hmm. and, and there isn't any of that anywhere else in the project like so even the fudge packer stuff is is handled well whereas this is just like haha wouldn't it be funny if we made a bunch of japanese people pretend to be Indi- indians and then wouldn't it be funny if actually they all knew martial arts and they taught it to me and wouldn't it be funny if they ran around with samurai swords at the end no no it, I mean, it is funny because you execute it well, but it's not acceptable is the problem. Yeah. Um, and it, it wouldn't have been then, I don't think. It's just that because this was trauma and it wouldn't have had a massive, you know, wide release, probably crept under the radar. Certainly not acceptable now. Um, but I think, you know, there's, there's definitely truth in that discussion about the friend group as well. But the problem actually exists with the script because this should never have got in front of a camera to begin with. And the issue is that this is intrinsically linked to the story. If you don't have these characters, your third act is fucked. Yeah. So somebody needed to pick this up much, much earlier because there is a narrative reason why this cultural appropriation works because they need to teach him martial arts so he can win the bar fight and they need to show up with a samurai sword at the end to cut him down off the gallows. Yeah. So it's just it's just horrible um and it was the one yeah. thing that really stuck in my maw about the, the whole thing like this really left a sour taste um but very very funny it's, it, i mean especially at the end when he runs off from the gallows at the end because he doesn't want the horse anymore and then you mm. just hear him cutting the horse's head it's hilarious but <laughs> it shouldn't fucking be there yeah. um so Moving on past that, then, the, the trappers have beat them to this Indian settlement. They all need to bed down there because there's, there's some bad weather coming and they need to they need to all bed down. They need to get on with the trappers, and, of course, they can't. Um, and then they just one-up themselves with the songs again because we get a song that's even better than the last one. The trapper song is just perfect. Everything about the trapper song is absolute perfect. Mm. Like, the humour is perfectly pitched. His big hairy chest is showing, you know, he's showing off everywhere. He's the ultimate male, essentially. Like, everything about... And and the fact that it's just this kind of weirdly skewed boy band as well, and they're all, like, doing synchronised dancing, and it's it's everything you would want from a number like this. Like, it's fucking brilliant. And we just need more of this, essentially. Again, this is your over-the-top musical theatre done right. Yeah. You know, more of this and they would get away with it. Um, and more of this, they might even have got away with the Japanese Indians because it puts you yeah. in that right tone, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. It's how they get away with it in Book of Mormon. Yeah, mm. it, it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It, exactly. So, yeah, it, absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, they're basically an evil boy band, like I said, and I wish we saw more of them. I don't think the trappers are in this enough because they yeah. are antagonists and they are actually really, really fucking good. Also, uh, just as a little side note, I love the costume choice of the googly eyes on the yes. raccoon hat. Yeah, yeah. Just, just Excellent. every time I see that, I fucking love it. Excellent. Jess has a very similar hat to that. Um, it's a, it's a panda rather than a raccoon, but um, yeah, with the little eyes there. Yeah, it's fucking. Is it brilliant. a red panda? No, sadly not. Oh. <laughs> because that would be good um unfortunately that means nothing to anybody listening no but yeah it's just a little private joke there listeners but yeah um 
Okay, so and, and so this is where we get our first real jarring jump back to the present. Yeah. Um, because it's just like, they've gone, okay, they're at the Indian settlement. Where the fuck do we go from here? There's a storm. How are we going to move this time on? And they don't know. They just simply yeah. don't know what yeah. to do. So they have to cut back to the present. And when you have to deploy time jumps like this, when you have to deploy flashbacks and flash forwards because you've no other option, I'm sorry, but your script is just fundamentally broke. Yeah. It is broke. And you need to go back and fix it. You can't just keep jumping back and forth. It's not going to work. It has to be motivated. And this isn't. But anyway, we jump forward. Um, there's a discussion between... What's what's the woman's name? I, can't, I keep forgetting her name. Um, I want to say the MK or something like that. It's, they, 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 they kind of... They allude to something and then they change it halfway through. And I can't remember what it is. Uh, anyway, there's a, there's a discussion between her and, yeah. the, and the sheriff outside. Um, what the fuck is the sheriff's accent? What what the actual Pass. fuck is that? I think it's supposed to be Irish, but I I don't know. I've never heard anyone speak like that in my life. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's it's, it's almost a bit like the somebody punched Davy Crockett in the mouth and tried to drown him in Guinness. It's yeah. I just again, it's one of those things where you think, are they, are they going for like a drunken Irishman? Because if I think they are, so. they're not pulling it off. I think the problem I, is, I and again, feel this that, comes that might back, have been an actor choice. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the problem is yeah. it would be an actor choice, and yeah. because you because you're trying to put something together, you know, you're having this project which you're throwing together in a matter of days, and you're just trying to get through it. You're not going to be going, actually. Yeah, I don't think that character's going to sound like that. I think you need a bit more work on. It's going to be like just get the, no, get the fucking thing through so we can get on to the next scene. Just, just talk get through fucking normally. Well, like, but that's the, it's, it's if if that choice isn't working again, it's it's, it's being mature enough and having that conversation. Yeah. Look, that don't work. Yeah, totally. cut it out. Yeah, just get on with it. Just speak the way you normally speak. It's fine. No, people will notice that less. Even if you've got a fucking lisp or whatever else, people will notice that less, and they will notice this cod Irish accent, which doesn't fucking work. It's, it's fucking appalling. Um, so so there's that conversation, which is what moves us forward. But before that, there's also a conversation with the with the lawyer, and and there seems to be some sort of dramatic tension between them essentially he wants to jump her bones she's not interested um and then she goes inside for her big number which again is fucking brilliant and would not be out of place in any musical on stage you you, like she's got the she's got the chops for it the song is is great you know it's just brilliant and I absolutely love again the fourth wall breaking of the guy just wandering down the stairs while she's singing and just looking at her like what what the fuck? Yeah, the fuck she, why is she singing? What the fuck? Why is she on the stairs? Why is she in the fucking way? Yeah, very, very funny. Um, yeah, the, the songs, like I said, they've just gone from strength to strength. At this point now, every song is better than the last. Um, so then we cut back to the past, and they, they're trying to cross some sort of river. Yeah, now, I, I must have missed something. I must have been writing a note or something, right? Because all of a sudden, one of them, and I don't know anybody's names because I don't care and they've got no defining characteristics, yeah. like we said. One of them has got a fucked up leg. So he was the one who stepped in the bear trap. Oh, of course he did. I'd already forgotten about that. Of course but this is, this, is, this is the problem because it's, it's not been a problem for them. It happened fucking ages ago. It's not been a problem. It's not stopped his mobility. It's not, he's not, it's not been infected. He's not been ill through it. It's not and we've stopped. jumped forward and back. So I've completely So it's very difficult to that. track. So then all of a sudden you look at his leg and you see, you see the mark. What the fuck does Mark's in his leg? Oh, yeah. That was it. And like, yeah, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. But 
it's yeah, it's the whole jumping around thing, isn't it? I think we we've skipped a bit as well, because um you have um Packer has a has a dream where he's ballet dancing around the horse and then he gets stabbed by the yes. trapper. And that's yes. what then spurs him to leave because the trappers have left before them. And yes. all of a sudden, he he needs to go because he's losing ground, and the trapper's gonna gonna uh, take his gonna take his horse away, and that's gonna be yeah. the end of it. Yeah. So yeah, so that that's where the and the end it says no follow, follow the river east, and then oh nobody talks of the rivers like this, and the river's fucking massive. It's in the middle of a canyon and all the rest of it. But then you get you no know, travel by map, which is fine. And it, again, it's part of the joke where they follow an east, then all of a sudden it bends into a sort of J shape and end up doubling back on themselves. Again, that's funny. It's very funny. If, if they make something of it, as well. yeah. I, and and actually, yeah, we did skip that. Mark, and I'm glad you've brought it up because I didn't make a note on it, but um, it it is something worth mentioning. Uh, again, like I said, that the Packers are our main antagonist, but it almost feels like our actual narrative has shifted now, because mm. originally they just set out to find you know another mine. Basically, yeah. they they need prosperity, whereas now he's got like personal investment. All of a sudden, he's like, I got to go and get my horse back, mm. and I got him off the trap. It's like this should have come much earlier. This should have been right at the start of this journey so yeah. that they have motivation, or our hero well, at least has motivation to well, get it. Other it. than, and, well, we just got to get there, haven't we? And, and you, can build, you can build on that because the whole thing of, you, you know, you can, you can see that he, you know, he's, he's clearly not interested in finding Breckenridge anymore. He wants to find his horse because clearly they've taken his horse. His horse hasn't gone off on her own. They've taken the horse. He needs to find it and get it back. So that's fine. But build on that. So, He's still telling them he's tra- he's taking them where he's going, but actually he's tr- he's tracking the trappers. Yeah. So again, which, when, which so then that what then, he's doing. Yeah. That then that then comes out, and there's automatic conflict. By the yeah. time by the time yeah. they realize what's going on, they're already are fucking dead. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and because she's is, already gone, they've lost. Yeah. This is the thing. Like all of it is here, isn't it? Like I said, all of this stuff. If they just delved into this more, like the the narrative is here. Yeah. This just needs to be shifted earlier, so we can dive into it, or it needs to be shorter. And this gets shifted during. We don't have any more. It's just that the story moves quicker. Yeah, but you know, if you, you, you don't put the gaps extra, in the fucking around. Yeah, if you wanted an extra half hour, forty minutes, you could shift this much earlier, and it would be fine. You, you've got yeah. plenty to play with here. You know, even from this point on, where there is at least a suggestion here, you know, that they they're tired, they're hungry, they've been on the road for a long time. There's a flash of blood. Like they, there is a little bit of blood in the water here, but they don't really make too much of it at this point. No. And it's like, look, you could play with this a lot more. Well, that's um, the you, instead of having them, they're, they're not cracking as many gags, but they're still not snapping, snapping each other. They're still not arguing. And again, I mean, we've all been in that situation where you you, you travel with friends or you spend an extended amount of time with friends and you do end up getting pissed off with each other through just because of the fact you're sheer proximity and you don't have a break. Yeah. And even that, the fact that somebody says something stupid and one of them turns around, shut up, somebody's such a fucking cunt, just shut up and leave me alone. Anything just to give you some sort of tension. And then it, it, dissip- it dissipates, and you have the next problem, the next hurdle to overcome. They do it together, but then the next time he says something stupid, instead of time to shut up, he fucking punches him. Yeah, I told yeah. you to shut up, and you just ra- you just keep on ratcheting it up. Whereas at the moment we we're not getting anything. It's like well, okay, well we're we're tired. No, we get you tired. We've been walking for however many years it is at this point. We get that you're going to be tired. What about it? Make yeah. something of it. I mean, they, they they do get to that. It's just that it's not earned. And I think when they get to that, which which yeah. is within my next couple of notes, actually, when they get to that, the scene is executed very well. But yeah, it, it's not yeah, really it's not earned. earned. And, and all of the stuff could have gone in much earlier. And I think I'd be more interested in this film. I'd be more invested in these characters, and it would just yeah. be just overall better. Um, but you know, what we get instead is Swan trying to cheer everybody up because yes. there's snow. So. Now I refuse to believe that nobody's cut this over yep. or frozen. 
Oh, out of Dawn of I mean, Snowman. Let's be honest. Somebody it was must the have done it. The very first thing we all thought, right? Because as Absolutely. soon as it started, I was straight away. I was like, "Okay, do you want to build a snowman?" Like, and this came way, way, way before. Oh God, yeah. Right. So, oh, yeah. you know, we're talking way, about twenty way years before. And and interestingly, you know, if you really want to delve into that, that of course would have been written by the Lopez's who worked yep. with Trey on Book of Mormon. So is it? This is maybe not as accidental as you as you believe it is. Hmm. You know, I'm not saying they've done any of that on purpose, but also there's going to be a certain amount the, of symbiosis going on there. Yeah, where of course things there is. Just get absorbed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get as you've already mentioned it, Helen. Again, get like pitch perfect song for a little mid act two comedy interlude number. Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. It's great. It does everything it needs to do. It's very very funny. It's jaunty. It's it's absolutely everything it it needs to be. It's great, um, and then we get as well with the song. I love the fact that they've got a tap dancing solo while he stood in a pile of snow, yeah, so you can't yes. see his feet. Fucking like, brilliant! Yeah, perfect, brilliant. perfect fucking joke. Yeah, it is, and again, it's executed perfectly. It's framed exactly right. You know, it's neither too high nor too low. Yeah. You can see that he's actually in there moving his feet yeah. around, but he's not doing anything synchronized because he doesn't have to. Yeah, and it's just making light of the lack of budget as well because they didn't have yeah. to choreograph anything. Like, brilliant, excellent, excellent joke. Um, so then there's a little bit more fuckery. Everybody's fuse is getting shorter and shorter and shorter, and he goes for it again, and we get a brief. Uh, reprise of this snowman song and then they snap and yeah. they like out comes the gun and they shoot swan and it's perfectly played because it goes from the jaunty happy song and you ca- again the timing of it you know it's coming you absolutely yeah. know this is coming you can see it a mile off but they don't play it for laughs like they they play it straight and they handle it very very well it's shocking even though you know it's yeah. coming it is a shocking moment it is a turning point and again, and to be fair I, I even when i when i watched it through, i went back through this scene because I, there was something i wasn't sure of and even the way they cut around it so he's there do, you know he's doing his happy dance he starts the song and he ends in close on him and then it's not even as if they cut away just as whichever one it is shoots him in the head they cut away. The guy then steps forward, takes his gun out, takes aim, and shoots him. You've got a good second, second and a half yeah, yeah. of before, and it's still shocking, even yeah, though it's it fucking choreographed a mile wide. And you can see it happening. You see it unfolding, but it just doesn't. It you. It's all. It's like half a second ahead, so you don't quite have time to register. I mean, it's classic drama setup and payoff. It's it's you absolutely know what's happening and you are powerless to stop it. That's mm. drama. We're 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 a step ahead of the script. That's yeah. we always should be. When people tell you they know what's coming on a film is predictable, that's a compliment, all right? As long as it's not mm-hmm. cliché, that is a compliment. Yeah. You should always be slightly ahead of the narrative because that's the thing that makes your stomach fucking drop when things like this happen because you know it's going to happen and you can't stop it. That's what makes the gag so funny because you know they come in and so when they do, you release the tension, okay? That's yeah. how drama works. So it's it's shocking, but if we again, if we just understood these characters a bit more, yeah. it could be fucking harrowing, which is kind of where you need to go for a film about a bunch of friends who set out to the wilderness and start eating each other. Yeah, that's where we need to be. We need to see the slow descent into madness. We need to care that this has happened. Whereas actually, we don't, because straight away then to release the tension, there are a few gags and you laugh along with them, and so it's just kind of written off and off it goes. 
But then the seesaw tips back because they all start having a conversation around the campfire where they've got the body. And they inevitably talk about how somebody's heard about how somebody got lost in the mountains and they had to eat each other to stay alive. And they laugh about it for a moment and then... Well, that's where the reference to Donaparty, isn't that? Yes, it is. Uh, and so it's good. The scene's handled well. The way it's mm. balanced as well, it, it, it is on a knife edge. But it needed. we needed to get here much, much, much sooner. This yeah. conversation mm-hmm. needed to have been had way back at the start. Like Again, we need to start yeah. eating people then. But yeah, this conversation need needed to happen. Yeah, they needed to be thinking it already. You know, they needed to be thinking it before we saw the blood on the leg from the beer trap. Yeah. Like, yeah. it needed to be explicitly stated. Yeah. You know, because um, the thing is, I mean, we've we've seen them, we've seen them start to go a little bit stir crazy. And the fact that all no, they. Occasionally, they're occasionally you know, quite short with each other. They haven't quite turned each other yet. And then we've got the bit where he snaps and shoots him. But again, we still haven't had that point where they're desperate. They're at rock bottom. Actually, they're, no, they're going to freeze to death. They can't move anymore. And they've got this fire. This fire is practically blowing out because it's the conditions are bad. We don't have any of that. It's still pretty fucking tame. And they all seem pre- they're still pretty calm about things. Apart from the fact that there's no one of them shot somebody else in the head. But it's there's no. There doesn't seem to be any real threat to them. No. No, there isn't. And that's because there's no... It's not that there's no threat. It's that there's no understanding of who these people are. So we don't care, I think. Like, in order for there to be threat, we have to understand that one of them is a little bit volatile. Yeah, there needs to be be stakes for the group. There needs to be something which we can see unfolding. Yeah. And and it also needs to be, you know, we need to know a little bit more, perhaps, about, um, about Swan. So that, like... Maybe he's not just the guy that's cheered them up with the snowman dance. Yeah. And that's why he's annoying. Maybe he was actually the fucking cook. Or yeah. maybe, you know, maybe he's got some connection to somebody in Breckenridge. Or, they, like, there yeah. needs to be stakes. You're right, Mike. There needs to be stakes. But it's got to come from somewhere internal. It's got to come yeah. from within these characters. And that just hasn't been explored. Yeah, um, because it's like you said, they needed to have established like the inter-party dynamics because it's like you were sort of saying like when they sort of got to the river and everything else and you know who Packer is but the rest of the group are just kind of there for the sake of yeah, being they're there interchangeable. and yeah. it's a case of if you'd actually if they'd spent the time then and part of the reason why it had taken so long to get to this point was because they were establishing the relationships between the other members of the groups and like where those alliances were this is the point where you'd see the alliances start to shift and crumble and reform and emerge and that would give you a lot more tension as well but because that's not been established it's not there to then pay out it's not yeah. and, and that and that's felt even more um, in, in just a few scenes time where they do start to turn on Packer and they do start mm. to blame him and say, look, it's because you're off looking for your horse. You can't just take this Breckenridge, which, of course, leads to him then, you know, trying to man up and take charge and say, right, well, I'll go and find some fucking food. Um, yeah. And, that, you know, that just we don't have the setup for that to pay off yeah. emotionally is the problem. Um, but, you know, we're here now, so that's fine. There's. There's a discussion about what bit they're going to eat. And this is about the only place I need to do it with this film, but I am going to call bullshit immediately here. Um, I'm no expert, and I understand they're going for a gag. Um, but, you know, based on my extensive experience of eating other meats, like, the butt is always good. Like, why does nobody want to eat the butt? I get that it's a dude's butt, but that's where all the fat is. Like, it's going to taste good. 
Like well, the, the, yeah, this is this is it. It's the joke. You know, that, that's, that's that's the joke. You go you go to most places and they will serve you rump. Yeah, it might not be the best cut, but it's always going to be decent. Yeah, rump's and no, good. no. Let, let's be let's be fair. You've got a, gr- a group of people. One of them claims to be a butcher, but then later on, you don't know. You don't. Uh, as you know, it's earlier on than this, isn't it? You know, he claims to be a butcher, but then he doesn't actually want to kill anything. So, okay, well, fine, yeah. A- anybody's going to know that. You're not going to start hacking off an arm because there's no fucking meat. It's all sinew, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so you, you go for the bit, the fleshiest bit, so surely that's the, that's going to be... That's going to be there. It's the butt and the chest. Like, that's... I mean, it's, you, you think of any meat you like, that's what well, yeah, the best it's rump and flank, isn't it? Yeah. Realistically. Of course it is. So it, that was just like, don't even bother making the gag because it doesn't yeah. work, and it just made me go, you're idiots. Just shut yeah. up. You're talking rubbish. Well, that's because um, once, once you detach it, it's just meat. Yeah, exactly. Of course it is. If you're eating him anyway, does it really matter if you're eating his cock or his or his arm or his butt? Like, it's it, it's the biggest cock is. It's all you don't personal. Be angry, <laughs> but it's all it's all personal at the end of the day, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we've already I'll... talked about this, but my next note is just that there's something off kilter about this whole thing. This descent into madness is just yeah. not. Have, it's not. Have right. we skipped the sheep bit as well, or is that later on? There is a gag about shagging sheep. Yeah, yeah. Because again, is, that, that was one. It just on. came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, but again, it wasn't in no, the character it is anyway. Wrong, because that's that's to do with the Cyclops in it, who we haven't really yes. talked about because he's a non-event essentially. Yeah, it means nothing. Um, the, the Cyclops, and that's that was that's the thing about. It. But yeah, that that whole bit where the sheep turns up and he immediately goes for his belt. I said, no, Tweet, I'm going for a piss. But again, it's such a throwaway gag, mm-hmm. and it's fine. But we haven't, apart from the fact he was trying to chat up the um the the girl who didn't speak English. We've never really ascertained the fact that he's he's desperate to get laid. We've never yeah. really explored that side of his character. So all of a sudden, there being this sheep and the automatic the automatic assumption being that he's going to try and fuck it again, it doesn't. It's not earned. It's not paying off anywhere. No, it's not. And and yeah, we did we did skip over the Cyclops, but it's pointless. Other than yeah. again, some um, relatively distasteful humor, but it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't. It doesn't go anywhere. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't need to be there. Is the, is the no, thing about. no, it doesn't. Um, so okay, so there's something just off kilter, but here we are now. They they've they've gone fucking batshit crazy. They they just once you've eaten one person, you may as well eat everyone, and yeah. so everyone turns, you know. But in order that he can be preserved for narrative sakes, our hero has plot armor and says, "Well, I'll go off and find some food." And then yeah. while he's gone, like they all eat each other basically until there's yeah. only one man left. So he comes back and everyone's fucking dead. Of course, this is what he's been framed for. Okay. So yes. now we get, we, we get back to where we were at the start. We get it. Uh, we get extra um, meat on the bones, if you like, no pun intended. So we get to see that scene again from the start. Um, and again, the violence when it comes is brilliant. And again, the, the setup of like, how many times he has to kill the guy like two or three times i think and every time you know he's coming back yeah there is there is a particularly excellent shot where he's well out of frame but he's he's just on the edge of frame and he's sort of yeah you just know he's coming straight back into frame i think he's about to burst out into song isn't he i think packer's about to burst out into song about doing it yeah and then the guy yeah it it is he's about to burst out the song because the music's well as well and the guy comes back again all of that really well handled very very funny it, it does everything that it needs to do. Um, and the beats are all there. That's the thing. With all of this stuff, all of the all of the technical beats are there. The performances are good. They understand that it's funny when you're about to crescendo into song and the dead guy comes back to life again for the third time. It, it's great. Yeah. It's just that the emotional investment isn't there. So it's all just window dressing. And it, 
and that's a problem, you know, because the pacing is just fucking appalling and we haven't spent enough time with these characters. Yeah. Um, but it's, other than that, this, this is all fine. You know, it's all absolutely fine. Um, and then we get catapulted into Act 3 pretty much straight away. So yeah, he wanders into town. He's been there for, I think, a week, I think, the sheriff mentions or yeah. something like that before his party shows up. Now, I mean, I've got to say, he deserves to go to fucking jail because how fucking stupid can you be? Surely you go into town, you buy yourself some supplies and then you, you get fuck the off. fuck out of Dodge, don't you, yeah. before anybody finds the bodies. Like, yeah. surely, either that or you go in and if you know you're not guilty, you go in and say, right, it's a bunch of dead bodies up there. Yeah. It wasn't me. You know, like, <laughs> idiot. But whatever, they just did the least of the problems with the narrative in it. It's just another thing that rubbed up against me a little bit. Um, at some point here, I don't know where it happens. I think it's when he goes into the bar, but I've just written it down because they get instant bonus points. Because I think anyone always gets instant bonus points from me for use of the word jinkies, um, and it's <laughs> delivered perfectly as well. And, and and this is the mirror opposite now to what I was saying about spadoinkle, which has annoyed yeah. the piss out of me all the way through. Jinkies is equally as annoying a word, I guess, if you want it to be, but they deploy it once, yeah, and they deploy it with absolute knowing sarcasm when they say yes. it as well and it yeah. works it works really well um and so it comes to pass that he's you know he's in the saloon word gets out that he's a cannibal and they all turn on him because the trapper comes in yeah. as well so of course actually that, that's a brilliant bit as well so the whole thing of the sheriff coming in and he's because obviously he's been up in the woods in the mountains he's seen the bodies so he's traumatized so he's absolutely fucking hammered and he comes in and points and shouts, and then he sort of, no, you're up there. Yeah. And it's just this whole thing of, of you know, it's, it's, it's just, again, it's complete slapstick, ridiculous nonsense, but actually it just kind of sets the tone that we've already had. You know, it, it just reinforces the tone we've already had. It does. In what yeah. should be a very serious scene. Yeah, it does. And I think the whole saloon scene in general is handled very, very well. It's blocked very well. The action yeah. is good. Of course, you know, we, we circle back around to the fact that he's been trained in martial arts by the yep. Japindians or whatever we're going to call them. Um, and it's all very good. I couldn't help again, but and, and this is just from personal observation, specifically when shooting in a saloon, like I couldn't help but notice the budgetary restraints here. This is yeah. the only place where I was looking at the actual picture if you like the mezzanine and i'm looking at going this is awfully dark yes um, it's fine they get away with it but i'm looking at going you've got a lot of dark wood in here and you haven't lit this saloon properly and then, and they're just from personal experience in the back of my head going, oh, what you need to do is build some boxing in the corner and we need a great big blonde behind it and it's like been there done this um yeah. but you know, it's fine it's, it's again learning curve but this is the only place i think i can yeah. i can draw attention to perhaps the, the visuals it is very very dark in there um, yeah. but but not so dark you can't see what's going on so it's fine no that's um, true. so we get our confrontation with the trapper um and just look repeated ball punching is never not going to be funny absolutely and and it, it is funny but it, and it's weird right because again this is one of those things where i think like trey now would absolutely know this but they don't go far enough like yeah. You know, it, gags like fucking Spadoinkle, they make milk the life out of, and it's not funny. This, they could have gone on with that ball punching for a good 10, 15 seconds longer. But not only that, you go for it, but then you finish it as well. You you, know, you, you get to the end of it, and actually, if you think of, um, I think it's Wayne's World 2, 
um, where they have a very similar. You have the fight with um, Tia Carrera's father, and then he does a crane kick. But instead of kicking him in the face, he kicks him in the balls, yeah. and the balls come up, up out of his mouth and, and fall to the floor. And they're made of fucking iron or something. You make a gag out of what you've done as well. So it's not just that you're repeatedly hitting him in the balls. You make an, a, a gag about what that does, and they they kind of go for it later on when the the trapper is speaking, and obviously they don't I mean, come that's back down. Fucking funny. That it, is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. But again, it's it's almost as if there's a step in the middle they haven't done. Yeah. And, and, it's like they need to finish that fight in a different way, which focuses on the fact he has kicked him in the nuts about 20 times. Yeah, they and just did that, not. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's almost as if they've kind of gone, right, we've done that bit now. The joke is he, he's punched him in the balls and he goes away and he punches him in the balls again. He goes, yeah, that's fine, but you need, a, you need no pun intended, you need a punchline. You need to pay off for the joke before you, you then move on to the next joke. You do. And, and, you, and it just needed milking more. It wasn't nearly enough. Like it, it needed to be like proper flurry of blows, like Neo in the Matrix, just yeah. raining fucking pain on those balls. Like he needed to use them like a speed bag, basically. Um, but it <laughs> it was funny as it was. It was funny. I, yeah. I just I think it could have gone further. Gone. Yeah, and he would now definitely yeah. again. This is one of those things you chalk up to experience. But other than that, I think the whole saloon confrontation is really good. You know, we get. We get callbacks to, like I say, is, is martial arts training. We bring our main antagonist yeah. back. We get the Cyclops back. The Sheriff wanders in. Like it, we're, we're tying all of these threads together, and yes. it works really, really well. Um, and then, of course, he gets caught, um, and we, we end up, again, back where we started, in the courtroom. Yeah. Um, and again, it, another ridiculously stupid joke about where he, he, he ran away and he, he got to Wyoming and then... The, he couldn't. He couldn't stay there. So what's wrong with Wyoming? You, there's the three second clip of him in the wilderness crying, yeah. and that's it. Because again, it's just another stupid gag that people from Colorado will have about a neighboring state. Yeah, it's you know, it's again, it means nothing. But you know, if for, if, if you're from that area, that's probably you know, it's it's one of the, it's one of those gags. It will resonate with you for no other reason than well, that's Wyoming. They're shit, and, yeah. and then they move on. And it, but it's it's no, they never spend the time justifying it. It just they throw it away, and actually, that's probably probably one of the funnier gags because it doesn't, even though none of them mean anything. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it's just oh, it's just, that's, yeah. that's Wyoming for you. We have actually skipped over um, in talking about the bar fight as well. The fact that um, what's the horse's name? Did you say it was Linda? Leanne. Leanne. I knew it was an Leanne. Um, yeah. The fact that Leanne is now the trapper's horse, like she's yeah. full on gone off. Oh, she's the village horse kicks, at this point. Yeah, isn't that's she? what kicks the whole yeah. thing off, right? He's he's had enough because his ex is now basically yeah the village bike. Um, she gets caught, thrown in the slammer, um, and then as as he's found guilty, we get the reveal that the woman that's been talking to him all along is a reporter. I'd assumed she was anyway. I didn't yeah. realize that wasn't explained. Um, but the, apparently this was supposed to be some big reveal. I had just yeah. assumed she because why else would she be going in to interview? Him? Right, exactly. Um, whatever. I don't think it's yeah. important. Because I but... yeah, because I I had the same opinion. Because when I, when I had that reveal, I was like, hang on, didn't they say that earlier? Yeah, but yeah, I just I I just I must have just assumed that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and so then we get to Hanging Day and like best fucking song ever. Like not only is it the best song ever, the the production values all of a sudden are off the chart, and like this. Well, is, this is where the entire fucking budget went, obviously. But well, that's literally what I've written. For that. But it, there's it, a reason is, for this. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll get into it. Um, yeah. But before we get into like the reason behind it, um, this is just simply fucking wonderful. And, and like, yeah. the, if if we could have had seventy minutes of this, it would have been. 
fucking amazing. Like if if you want to, if you're taking the piss out of Oklahoma, like here it is writ large. Like this is a yeah. full on, full blown stage musical production here now. It's amazing. Yeah. There's there's like the mezzanine scene is amazing. The colors they're using are, are bang on. Everything's in Technicolor. This choreography, the song is great. Like all the threads are coming together because all of our characters are there. This is what if we didn't have it anywhere else in the production, if we could have at least had this level of commitment to an overture as well, so that yeah. you've got the two bookends, I think it would massively, massively up everyone's opinion of the film in terms of like its production value and what it is. But we don't get it at the start, unfortunately. We just get it at the end. But it is yeah. absolutely fucking flawless. This, this yes. From yeah. here on out, the run to the end is completely flawless. I have nothing bad to say about it. Other than you know the reemergence of the samurai Indians, but it, it, like I said, very very funny when he shows up with his sword and cuts the fucking rope down, and then he yeah. they have a discussion about the horse, and he's like, "Oh fucker, I don't want her anymore." And so you just hear him run off, just butchering the horse. <laughs> very very funny. The trapper's voice going up a couple of octaves. Yes. Very very funny. He gets the girl, which he should. Like it, everything about this is absolutely pitch perfect. Yeah. And that makes me a little bit more annoyed that the rest of the film isn't, if I'm honest. Yeah. I mean, this was this was like one of the last bits that they filmed. Um, and this whole sequence, the hanging day sequence, they did have a choreographer for it, but they also had MTV turning up to do a story on them because they basically phoned MTV up and they explained we're a bunch of film students and we're making a musical and you should come down to the set and you should watch us do this and they somehow managed to talk their way into mtv sending somebody and this was the day when they were doing the big dance number sequence that they turned up to film which you know is great especially when you consider that the choreographer was leanne yeah which you know that's fucking she cool. turns up to choreograph a number she sees her ex-fiance being interviewed by MTV and then she finds out that the horse is named after her yeah I mean I mean you know, credit to the guy for for pulling off yeah. the best fuck you possible absolutely yeah. that's yeah but, that that's almost that's almost on a par with um feeding Cartman feeding Scott Tenman his parents that's no, right up there <laughs> But it doesn't change the fact that this absolutely proves they can do this. Yeah. yeah. And so they did just done I it think they'd learned a lot in the last few days, in the days previous Definitely. to getting to this point as well. Yeah. Like, and I think there's a learning curve, but they learned quickly. Yeah. And mm. I think, to be fair, I mean, if you look at this project, and yes, for lot, there are lots of flaws which we've discussed in the last sort of hour and a half uh, or more. Um, yes, there are issues with it. We know, and and they are no, they are apparent. And yes, we have said there are a lot of things you give them a pass on. But if you look at the evolution from this to Orgasmo to Basketball to South Park, and South Park as a, a series into South Park the movie, into more South Park, into Team America, into South Park the specials and the extra movies, and then into Book of Mormon, all the rest of the stuff they've done, every part of it is a step on a journey. And you mm -hmm. can just see this of the, the sort of the initial steps here. And then every time they go into a project, there's just something from the last one which they've just taken and tweaked or honed slightly. So that's now a tool in their arsenal. It's now another part of their repertoire. It's not something. It's not a weakness anymore. And as you go through, by the time you, as you get to um, to Book of Mormon, I cannot think of a better modern musical. Me to either. be honest, it's more or less flawless. Yeah, agreed. Um, and 
again, without this, you don't get that. I don't no. think. Oh no, you certainly don't. Like, and like I said, and, and, I mean, the the humor carries through. I mean, the, the, yes, you get, it's it's very intrinsic to their style. That's sort of, there, there's a very definite humor which follows through all their projects. But again, it just becomes more sophisticated, more refined. The timing, I mean, so I said repeatedly, is the time the comic timing in this film is brilliant. But again, that just even that improves slightly as the projects go on, and even if it's just a fraction of a second, either way, where it gets closer or further away, it's just based on that experience. When right, take an extra beat, or take half a beat and put it in, or take half a beat out and do it earlier. And it's just that again, it's that everything they've learned they they apply later on. It's it's all well and good saying, oh, they were only students, they didn't know what they were doing, and, and they they improve as they get older. You can see the evolution of every single aspect throughout every project they do. You can, and and that's why. You know, I get so annoyed. I feel like I've called this out a lot recently, but it really did annoy me. So it's so annoyed when we're looking at films like, for instance, Beast of Bunny, where it mm. just feels like a bunch of people fucking around who don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. and don't care. Yes. Because this proves that you don't need loads of money and you don't need backers. And you're like, okay, they had to deal with trauma going in, right? But they didn't necessarily need that because they'd already pulled the trailer off. What you need yeah. is just absolute commitment to what you're doing and a willingness to make mistakes and fucking learn yeah. and care about it. And if it's not good enough, you just don't put it in front of the camera. Yeah. And, you know, for all that we've criticised this, the, the errors, you know, other than in that saloon, and even that is passable, like none of them have been to the point where it's like, well, this is fucking garbage. It's just been that, that you know, the narrative just drags a little bit. There's nothing that's yeah. bad. All the, like I said, all the ingredients are in there to the point where we we absolutely 100% stick the landing. Like they couldn't stick yeah. the landing anymore. No. To the point where yeah. it completely, like all of the stuff that had pissed me off earlier in the film, by the time I got to the end, I walked away from it feeling quite good about it. Yeah. Because they stuck the landing so something as fucking simple for instance as like you've got all these production values and it's all brilliant and you're having a great grand feel-good time and then they end the whole project with god bless us everyone yeah like, it's <laughs> genius it is and it's not that... even the it's not even the last gag which makes it even no, better but it's genius it's it's just the cherry on top of the sunday you know yes. because they've gone that extra mile yeah and Everyone can do that. They could have done that with Beast of Bunny. The yeah. reason that's shit and this isn't simply comes down to how much they care. Yeah. That's I mean, it. If, you, if, you, if you look at this, I mean, this was 93. Uh, mostly 90, Kevin Smith would have, been, would have been working up Clerks at the same time. And there's a very similar origin story whereby starts a film school, not the, the, the cheating fiance stuff, but goes to film school, isn't working out takes a group of his mates from film school, goes back home and makes a fucking movie, which becomes um, iconic and, and, and legendary. And again, it's the fact that you've got somebody who's working to who's written to experience, who who know who understands the story because it's their story, and actually they go on to become a generational filmmaker. Same, you know, same as uh, Trey Parker goes on to become a legendary writer uh, and um, and performer. Um, it's it's all in the as I say, it's the fact they care, and it's 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 something they're willing to commit to because it's their story. And they can tell it in a way that we could we couldn't tell the same story because we don't have that experience. Yeah, and it's just it shows. And when you get to them, you get to the Beast of Bunny, where it's like, oh, we found this mangled old bunny marionette. Let's make a horror film. And the difference between the the difference shines through just because you know it's it's just the level of care goes into it. Whereas you no, know, the 
you can you can forgive lots of mistakes as we've talked about here as we've talked about on various other shows you can forgive a lot if it's done with the right intent and it's done people will learn of when you don't when you have budgetary constraints that's a big issue when you have location restraints when you, you know that's all fine but you you need to be able to you need to be telling a coherent story that which hangs together and people will will largely care about yes there are issues with with this in terms of not caring about large parts of the story but there are elements to, to, to certainly the packer character where you think oh yeah i've I can kind of get behind that. We've all had that relationship which got which has ended very badly, and we've and we've dealt with it in a certain way. We've all had these sort of bits where we think, right, we're we are aimless, we are wandering around, you know, metaphorically wandering around in the wilderness because we don't have a fucking clue what we're doing, where we're going. People can relate to that, whereas not many people can relate to. Hang on, there's a fucking giant Easter bunny killing things and laying giant eggs which bleed. Mm. I mean, it just doesn't. Even, I think I think you can even go a level removed from that again where you you can absolutely absolutely make the story about the giant bunny that lays fucking monster eggs and eats people or whatever and you can absolutely put a personal spin on that as well but you, you can write a story about whatever the fuck you want right the key difference between beast of bunny and this is that beast of bunny was a bunch of mates fucking around and and I don't want to discourage anyone from doing that. If you, like these days, anyone can make a film, and if that sounds like fun, do it. You never know; you might turn out something brilliant, and you might discover your calling in life. So I don't want to discourage anyone from doing that. But if all you're going to do is fuck around and you don't really care what the end product's like, mm. then you are wasting everyone's time. Yeah, and that's not this at all. They do care. It's clear that they care, and it's it's absolutely. It's absolutely clear. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's absolutely, like, it, it is evidence that they learn lessons from it. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's demonstrable. We see where their yeah. careers go. Yeah, we've, we've got 30 years of evidence to back it up. Yeah, and it's because they give a shit. And that that is the simple difference between absolute garbage and something that's actually watchable and enjoyable on a level. Now, I'm not saying this is brilliant right because it's not but you can you can take entertainment value out of it whereas beast of bunny is fucking we're slamming it i feel so bad because i hate like i absolutely hate slamming things because it don't feel bad hard. don't but feel bad there's it a it. huge difference you know because at yeah. least this functions on a level where you can put it in front of anybody and i think you'll find something in this even if it's just the connection with the fact that this is a product that's been made by a bunch of people that have just done the absolute best they can. And that comes through, and it will always come through in any project. As long as you give something 100%, everyone will see that. Doesn't matter if you don't even know how to operate the fucking camera and you're learning as you go. As long as you do the absolute best you can do, people will realise that. You know, yeah. just don't fuck around. And they're not fucking around. They've taken it seriously. And so you've got to give them mad props for that. And like I say, that the fact that they stick the landing just allows you to walk away and go, "Yeah, well done. It was all right. Like it's yeah. it's solid. You know, it's not good. It's it's not good, right? But it's absolutely solid. And yeah. that's you know, for a fucking first feature with zero fucking budget, where you're basically just having a pop at your ex because you're bitter. Like that's pretty good fucking going, right? Yeah. even graduated film school yet so you haven't even finished your training you've just thought yeah. you know what fuck it i'm gonna learn by doing yeah absolutely yeah. tip yeah. of the hat yeah i mean I, I think we've pretty much covered it um but i suppose we need to ask is it better than mario and i'll start with you helen yeah absolutely 
Sorry, I've watched this multiple times. I've seen Mario once. <laughs> I mean, that was that was simple, wasn't it? Uh, I was going to say yeah. I was expecting a bit more. I've got to be honest. Easy, but, uh... easy call for you. Um, yeah. Okay. Look, um, this. I think I've kind of summed my thoughts up quite a lot already because we've talked around the project a lot, right? But this, this has moments of brilliance. Moments of brilliance. It's it's not good. It has mo- real yeah. shining moments, and yeah. it is very very funny in places as well. But it's at least half an hour too long, and there yeah. are massive issues with the pacing and and the story. Ultimately, though, they bring it all together and stick the landing, and that is key because honestly, before that third act. I would say, no, it isn't. But they definitely stick the landing. And so I say, yes, it is better than Mario. And that is me purely using the metric that I always go to when I'm on a on a kind of 50-50 split. And I don't know. Is like, if you gave me both right now, which one am I putting on? And it literally is the third act that tipped me to go, no, I'd watch Cannibal the Musical. Because before that, I definitely wouldn't pick this out of the two. Because yeah. you can say a lot about Mario, right? But it is never boring. It is always interesting. And there were points of this that were a slog. Yeah. But ultimately, they stick, they stuck the land in. I walked away from it humming some of the tunes. Yeah. Feeling good. Because it ended on a high, like, good musical should. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than Mario, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I had largely the same opinion. Um, I was really concerned having. I, I I think I've I think I might have seen this about twenty years ago. I can't fucking remember. Same as me. Um, if I have, I've kind of. You know, it would have been at that point where South Park was massive, and uh, so um, Team America was coming, and being familiar with the other films they, they did between the two as well. So I would have, if I've seen it, it would have been then. I would have probably enjoyed it, and then never thought about it again, to be honest. And coming about halfway through when i'm having i was having real issues with the pacing and the structure thinking what the fuck are they doing especially when you got to that massive jump forward and then go back again i'm thinking hang on this is this is two parts of a tv movie with which they've chopped together and don't doesn't really fit i was really worried that i was going to come into this and absolutely fucking hate it and exactly the same as yourself the the, the end in that third act is absolutely pitch perfect it, it timing wise it's brilliant um in terms of the the ending itself, in terms of the, sort of the narrative ending, so sort of the, the the quickness of it, it reminded me of um, the end of Red State, but also the end of uh, Burn After Reading, the Coen Brothers, uh, the Coen Brothers film, yeah. because again, it's just bang, 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 the end, and there's no fucking around, there's there's no sort of dragging it out. It's literally just we get up to a point and then it finishes, and it works really well, and I think that really saved it for me because, as you said, it was too long in places, and actually, you it didn't need to be, and the end, you don't want the end dragging out. You want no, you to finish don't. your story and then move on. And and in fairness, you know, again, just in terms of being stylistically correct and in terms of getting the, the tone correct, that that is a very musical theatre approach where you've mm. got that two act structure and everything needs wrapping up incredibly quickly. Yes. After the interval. So it's just like, right, here we go, here's the end of the story, and here's a great big song to wrap everybody's fucking story up. And we're done, we're out. Off you go yeah. into the night, bars open. Yeah. That's very And, and that's exactly theater. what you get. Um yeah. and so yeah, for the same reason, um I would put it above Mario as well. I'm coming Coming into that third act, I really wasn't. I was really, I wasn't even on the fence with it. I was very much against it. I was very much, it hasn't. No. Yes, okay, for all the stuff we talked, we'd give it a pass on certain aspects. It just didn't deliver. But then you get you get to that last eight, ten minutes, absolutely perfect. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. It was it was very mealy. 
So in that case, it was very nearly uh, a two-on-one here, but it's ended up unanimous. So yeah. Conf- I was confident because I was just like, <laughs> I don't, I don't see how because. Don't get me wrong, I agree with everything you were saying, especially the pacing issues. And it initially going in, I remember the first time that I watched it and I was just like, "What? Well, this is not what I was expecting. What the fuck is this? This is dragging. But it ends so strongly does, that yeah. you're just, yeah. It does. When, when you've got an end that strong and like you say, you've got, you know, I'll cut them a pass for so much of the shit as well. It, it, is, it is purely just the fact that it was dragging. Everything else I'm cutting them a pass on because first project and, and yeah. like like i said it's, it's it's clear that they cared about it so I'll, I'll forgive them all of that it was just that it was boring me and when when i'm never sure that is always what makes my decision as to whether it's better than not it's like if you if you put the two in front of me which one am i picking up um yeah and this managed to swing it so yeah i mean yeah. look it's, it's better than mario and it's definitely better than fucking highlander 2 so <laughs> there's there's two for two right yeah cleanser before next next session yeah yeah for those yeah. playing along at home um halloween is around the corner so mm-hmm. next episode we'll be looking at scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed um a film i've only ever seen once i own multiple versions of and own <laughs> a lot of merchandise for um so i'm interested to watch it again <laughs> i yeah. don't know where i'm gonna go with it yeah i remember seeing yeah. it in the cinema and that was the last time I saw it. So yeah, Me too. that's gonna be fun. Same. Um, Same. But yeah, in in the meantime, obviously uh, for those of you playing along at home, we'd love your thoughts on Cannibal the Musical. Um, that's how you've had ours for the last more or less two hours. Um, get in touch. Go to our website ddpodcast.net. Uh, we can also pick up our other shows and episodes of the shows as well. And wherever you get your podcast from, subscribe, leave a message, back to us as we can. Until next time. See you later. Ta-ra. Have a spadonkle day.